here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello world, this is TJ Morris, Teresa J. Thurman Morris, and you're listening to TJ Morris ET Radio, which is now part of my big group, American Communications Online, with many other people. We have various clubs and associations and social media network, and we like to talk about certain genres as an alternative. And tonight we're talking about UFO Association with Jan Aldrich, who lives in Connecticut. And I'm going to give him a quick call here and get him online. And uh, Jan's been a UFO person since high school, and uh, we've been sharing stories. So here we go. I'm calling right now. So, let's see. Oh, sorry, I need to turn all these phones off, Donald. Let's try that again. Okay. Sorry for the sounds in computer land. I don't know if you can hear them or not, probably so. All right, it says dialing. We talk about ufology with Jan and all the Hello. stuff that he likes to talk about. Hi, Jan. You're live and on the air with T.J. Morris, Teresa J. Morris. And uh, we're going to start today. It's 10-29-2019. So everything okay for you? You good for a while so you can talk to us? Yes, yes. Right. So this will be episode three, I believe, in book one we've started. I know you've come on a couple times before, but... Have you got any notes of where you'd like to start today? We do this weekly. Yeah, um, you know, can we talk about uh, Edward Snowden a little bit? Oh, we can talk about whatever you want. This is your book and your uh, your life. This is your life, yeah. Jan Aldrich. You ever watch that when you were a child? This is your life. Yeah, I <laughs> saw that, yeah. Yeah, so we know we're making this up as we go along, building the UFO Association, and I'm sure I've got a lot of friends that they say they don't like the nuts and bolts, but yeah, it'd be fun to talk about Edward Snowden. Uh, you want to explain what you know about him and his history? Well, you know, he just made a uh, uh, comment that, you know, when, when he got, when he was looking in the uh, uh databases for the NSA and CIA, he didn't find anything about aliens. Oh, so really? Yeah, this is just recently, a couple of days ago. Uh, well, he probably wasn't looking for it, you know? it's like Well, he claims he, uh, he, had, uh, he had better access than anybody else. He had uh, um, his, uh, his position let him look in everything. But did he? Uh-huh. Information Yeah, so sharing. he claims he found nothing. So uh, uh, I think we can okay. make a few comments on that. I would be more than happy to share that with you, of course, because yeah. I've seen them. I know they're real. My whole life now as a retired military servant, and I signed the same or took the same oath he did to protect the Constitution for both foreign 
and domestic, you know, you did too, and uh, we all have a voice, but sure, this will be an interesting turn that we're bringing up, uh, I guess, uh, what would you call it, the latest news in UFO Association that you and I create on the Jan Aldrich book one, episode three, starting off with Edward Snowden. Shouldn't we uh, start by prefacing, we're both historians and journalists, Shouldn't we say who Edward Snowden is? Because not yeah, everybody yeah. knows. Okay, exactly. you want to you want to start, or you want me to? Oh yeah, sure. Um, uh, this uh, at the time he he left, he took um, material from both the uh, NSA and the CIA and. Uh, various uh, things, and he—he he is. Some people feel he's a crusader, and some people feel he's a traitor. Uh, he ended up in Russia, and he is now uh, a resident. Um, he has to renew his residence paper there every three years. Um, and uh, in the interview with uh, Joe Rogan, he. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, he, he they may just turn him over because he's made some uh, derogatory uh, comments about Putin and uh, how he supports some of the opposition in Russia. We'll see what happens. But in any case, out of a over a two and a half hour uh, interview." Uh, with uh, Joe Rogan, he said, well, everybody wants uh, wants there to be aliens, and he says, Neil deGrasse Tyson wants there to be aliens, and he said, I checked all these CIA databases. He said, I really looked for these things, and <clears throat> CIA and NSA and, and other databases and found nothing um, and uh, of course this uh, this this was a, a a splash for about two or three days uh, in the UFO news thing uh, about Snowden says there's uh, everywhere he uh, he he looked in uh, for these intelligence agencies, he could find nothing. Um, uh, Let me give a little history on him, folks. Uh, help uh, just some basic data that uh, Edward Joseph Snowden uh, was born uh, Caucasian, white. He's 5'11". Uh, he, uh, his nationality is American. Ethnicity is white. Profession was computer programmer. His net worth, and now this is just what we can find out on the internet and what is going around uh, strictly on the internet information anybody can find out. Age is 35 years, dating Lindsay Mills, parents Lonnie Snowden and Elizabeth Snowden. And uh, he, uh, let's see, what else does it say? His zodiac sign is cancer. Now, back uh, that some people do call him a patriot, but he uh, apparently at a high school, I don't think he finished high school, if I remember, on one of his 
claims. I don't see anything written here right now, but his claim to fame was uh, he, he was wanted to be in the Army. His family comes from like federal positions in the government. So he, he, in Maryland, he just thought he would be, you know, doing something in the government, but he joined the Army, but he got hurt. So then he went on and uh, he was doing, somebody approached him about doing something with computers, I believe. And then uh, that's after he got hurt in the Army. And that's how he wound up working uh, as a CIA uh, employee. And uh, then he joined uh, as a former U.S. government subcontractor, which means he was contractor over in Hawaii, where I used to live, for National Security Agency. And he practiced domestic surveillance, and which is a infringement of privacy, allegedly. But uh, he he was in a desk by himself over in Hawaii. He had a good cush job, and uh, all he had to do was he was in charge of information sharing, which he did. <laughs> Maybe with not the people they expected him to share with, but uh, he is. Uh, it says he's worth approximately eight million dollars. But that I don't know where they get these estimations. He may beg to differ with everybody as to how they come up with these things. But he was making an annual salary. He he left. He started working as a contractor through Dell, the computer D E L L, in 2009. So in 2013, he was earning roughly $200,000. Now, when I worked for the government, and I imagine Jan could tell you, we were in uniform. We didn't make anything close to that. We were lucky to make 11000 and then maybe up to eighteen. I guess, Jan, and, you know, depending on what level you were. But he knows all about this uh, executive above what we would call GS-18 and GS lower or even a uh, non-commissioned officers, NCOs, or commissioned officers, there's another level, and I haven't looked it up yet, but uh, the executive services and how much they make. So, And it's changed since Jan and I have been in. You know, Jan and I are old school, but we both worked around classified documents and in vaults and security and intelligence. And I was uh, legally, I guess you could say, from 67 when my husband worked at NASA and I was cleared, Till 87, when I was re-cleared and went to Washington, uh, Tyson Corners, uh, Langley, Virginia, and uh, went for my CIA clearance, polygraph retina scan. So I'm not exactly ignorant about all that, but uh, I do, and I and I went to Hawaii, so that's similar. Now, what I did see a lot of things like Edward Snowden did. Now, whether he is or not, after from not from 2013, we have changed some laws. 2019, but Jan has wanted to talk about it in our UFO association, and that's fine because Jan Aldrich has been studying UFOs, and now Edward Snowden has been, uh, he's he's made a difference. He's whether he serves time or not, I don't think he would be judged properly in the United States or any country, but he brought out about refugees and even how refugees are treated. His officer, uh, I'm not looking at anything right now on any screens, but, so I can't quote anything as far as his attorney. But his attorney was in Canada, but he couldn't even get in Canada. All the countries swarmed on him, not knowing whether he was guilty or not, or whether what they were researching or not researching was true, which is not proper form uh, in any uh, legal society or any 
uh, way that we think about people. We just rushed after him, and he got told he couldn't go into any country. He was trying to get to uh, Latin America, and that didn't work out. So he was in Hong Kong, and now he's living in Russia. So Jan apparently is keeping up with all this. I know all the backstory a little bit, studying it, and then you can look for him on YouTube. But he's becoming. Uh, he's wrote a book. Jan, do you know the name of his book? By chance? Um, just, oh, I would I, have to look. Not, it all, up. not offhand. I I can't remember. I I I didn't write it down for this thing. Uh, well, when I did mean, you hear this? Why did you want to talk about him? Because well, that, see, I, I like I said, he was on with Joe Rogan on a, a podcast, and uh, he said he said he had, when he when he uh, queried all these databases, he couldn't find any aliens. <clears throat> my uh, my answer that to that is, uh, and uh, I talked to. I also got an email from Richard Thame that. Yeah, he said, well, he claims to be this uh, great computer American guru, journalist. but maybe he, maybe he didn't query the databases correctly, or well, he, he, didn't know what he can't find for. anything. He, now, I, 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 uh, what I did is I put on to... my uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, uh, Project 1947 on Facebook, I put some examples of, and they're very few. I mean, as far I put I put on a uh, uh, about ten of these uh, uh, intelligence index cards that show that uh, UFO. reports that the Air Force received went to the CIA in five copies. That was just um, normal procedure. And you can uh, you can look on there, and I've, I've put some of these index cards, which each uh, report that goes to uh, Air Force intelligence that is... Um, they make a, uh, an index card so they can find it later. Of course, now it's probably all computerized, but the index card, some of them ended up at the National Archives, so I did some digging there. There's hundreds of these cards that have to do with UFOs, and I've just put a few examples up there, not wanting to shoot all my ammunition at the same time. I understand. <clears throat> so the CIA gets five copies the NSA gets three copies. It's just automatic. Plus that, back in 1951, um, any messages that come through the message center of the Air Force, they uh, they get, uh, the CIA gets a copy of that. Several other agencies do, like the Navy and, and these other things. Of course, no government agency knows anything about ufos or has anything uh we just got a couple of pages here here's here's their answer to the foia no they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of pages and this it's it's uh uh it's obvious from these index cards that the cia uh got in multiple copies hundreds of ufo reports not only that 
I have uh, uh, distribution sheets. And of course, anybody in the army knows. You know, you make up all kinds of copies of things and send them out to different agencies um, within the uh, Air Force and and outside the Air Force. And I have uh, uh, 72 of these distribution sheets that uh, uh, I got when I was down at the archives. Uh, and it wasn't from Blue Book, but there were UFO reports, and they were at... Uh, Fort Belvoir in a uh, in a filing cabinet, and they, they were sent to the archives. <clears throat> and once again, the distribution sheets for these reports uh, all indicated that the CIA got five copies and the NSA got three copies. Uh, sometimes the Navy would get three copies. Sometimes it would get one. Uh, Army sometimes <coughs> one or two. Uh, uh, here's the one that says the Navy got four. So, however, the CIA and the NSA always got five and three. This well, is this is here. just one indication that these. This is during Blue Book, but there's other indications that uh, the CIA was informed of UFOs. Uh, so uh, Snowden can't find anything or couldn't find anything. Maybe he's barking up the wrong tree. I don't know who's telling him to say that if, or if he's being paid through his book. Well, he said this. No, he just this isn't. This is this is like a, a, a an offhand comment that he threw out. He wasn't talking why? about UFOs. He was yeah, just the, why it's just an offhand comment saying, "Oh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and all these other people are looking for aliens, but there isn't any because yeah. I couldn't find any in the documents." That's just, it's just an offhand comment, you know. He of course, the UFO the UFO people at. make a big deal about these kind of things. Wow. Wow. And I thought he was a real high intelligent level open minded person. Right. Uh, so he couldn't find so anything, so there isn't I'll anything. I have to go hear it myself. I know his voice. Yeah. And I'll uh, is it but this Joe so you listen to Joe Rogan, is that correct? Yeah, right. Okay. I listened I to the whole two and a half hour uh, uh podcast. And like My I goodness. said, it's only an offhand comment uh, near the beginning, and he never talks so, about it again. Who are you into, Joe Rogan or Ed? Edward yeah, yeah, Morgan? yeah, Joe okay. Rogan, the, the okay, guy that's so you're got just the. A uh, fan of his. Yep. Okay, well that explains it because I haven't heard this yet, and uh, yeah, this when was this? Because. Uh, well, this is before he. This is while he was in Hawaii, where he had all the access. He was in information sharing there, and then he said, "Well, I could go across agencies and across databases, and I could get into things that other people couldn't get into." Um, well, most of this was hard copy. That probably, like you say, we probably don't have it all microfiche. Plus, when you file it, you don't you have certain numbers and codes and code names. 
not to mention operation this or that. And there's all kind of ways to file stuff. I know I used to file. So did you. So we know right, you can't so. just go say, oh, there, here's a file on UFOs. Duh. So uh, yeah, yeah. Was That's what I'm for. thinking. Uh, uh, I mean, he'd have to be on like the I said. Uh, one 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 thing that it said in the CIA that uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Office of Scientific Intelligence is going to uh, uh, get a copy and uh, they'll uh, deal with uh, uh, important. Uh, cases, but the rest will be destroyed. Yeah, but they got multiple copies. The CIA got. But, multiple I mean, are you copies. saying? So it, I mean, it, 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 it's stuff. probably it's probably uh, there is stuff there, and it, like it, like you said, it's filed under other things. You know, it's not filed under yeah, UFOs. Yeah. It's filed <laughs> under Project Song, Songbird or something like that. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, folks. There's uh, not that we're we're uh, experts. This is just, uh, you know, two people talking, but we do want to represent the UFO Association because we have been in the community, I personally, since 1967, but I was uh, actually indoctrinated by E.T. in Los Alamos in the second grade, so 1958. And uh, But I'll go with 67 because that's when uh, I had my government clearance paperwork done, and I was in the newspaper in Houston, Texas, says I'm going to Washington, D.C. Call the American Chronicle, if you don't believe me. It was, I mean, the Houston Chronicle. Houston, I think it was the Houston Chronicle. We had Houston Chronicle and Houston Post. But actually, Deborah Dockery's got a copy of that in Kentucky because I kept a copy uh, this my whole life, you know, like my baby book. But I didn't bring anything when my daughter died down here to Gulf Breeze. Basically, had to start over. And so I left everything with uh, Deborah Dockery, who was my husband's sister she saw him fly into germany for a couple of days and fly back out but he was working for president reagan she saw the men in black come to his deathbed the cia come to his deathbed as did i so she knows these central intelligence agency people and they know we keep it i spent half my life trying to figure out code words and stuff they have a whole group of people my husband stuck microfish in an egyptian pyramid you know, so micro dots. So this, I mean, shoot, we got stuff, but we don't just put it out there in hard copy for people to go find in a file. And if they do, it was the old days. And then you got to hopefully have somebody that's taking their time to go back there and microfish. And we never have enough people in the government to do all the things we need to do, much less file the files. But they do have vaults, and they you've seen how they do. But now my husband had to have a special clearance. President Reagan insisting because it was even above his pay grade or above his clearance. But my husband got to go in the Pentagon down in the library. I don't, have you been down there, Jan? I haven't. No, have I've been never been library? to the Pentagon. I've never okay. Been to the well, Pentagon. this was in the in, in the uh, library down below. So it's like uh, if you watch Indiana Jones, those vaults and things. So not to mention, I went with my husband when we went to Denver, Colorado. They had part of the ET uh, hard copy uh, when my, my uncle, the Strom Thurmond, at least I thought he was my uncle. He talked to me and called me. He was doing genealogy, and he called me from Washington, D.C. So I don't know. You know, the government was always after me, and I did some good jobs, and so did my husband. 
But no, if you've got to talk about UFOs and extraterrestrials with us, you better be prepared because uh, you can't just say, oh, I didn't find anything. Sorry, I'm not, you know, I believe that anybody that can see something going wrong in the system, we know it was broken. You know, he didn't have to remind us, but he did. And he felt he did. But he said, now this is where I thought about Edward Snowden since you've invoked him or evoked him, however you want to say it, due to Joe Rogan's story, is the fact that, you know, when he was there, and I know this feeling because I was in the same predicament as an investigator, and I was a contractor, and I was told to look for things, findings of fact, just get the facts. But I was put in precarious positions. Read OPNAV, SECNAV, all this stuff, because I was working for Department of Navy at the time, or being trained. But I had to cross-train with Army next door to Fort Shafter, uh, right next door to Great Lakes. So I, I was on Army and Navy bases, and I went up from the side of Hawaii over to work with the Marine Corps and Black Ops. And I was a corpsman, and I worked in just all over. So you get training, and then that training may or may not ever even be recorded. Not that they care. We just go off on maneuvers and stuff, and it may be somewhere we did something, but they don't know all the details, and they don't have time to record all the details. But as far as sightings and what Jan has done for the world with many other world ufologists is like me. You go out, you do your best you can to find proof in writing back in the day when they put them in the newspapers. Now, it's more podcasting and television shows, I guess, or streaming, live streaming. Got to be up on your technology. But Jan, Edward Snowden had a job to do. And as far as I know, it's one of those conscious things. But I don't know where he's at other than right now I'm looking at justice.gov OPA press release. And it shows the Snowden complaint case 1 colon 19 dash CV. 01197, document one, file zero nine or one seven one nine or page one of two six, page ID number one in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia, Alexander Division, United States of America, plaintiff versus Edward Snowden, exact address unknown, defendant, and Macmillan Publishers, Inc. 175 Fifth Avenue, New York, McMahon Publisher Group, LLC, DBA, Henry Holton Company, 175 Fifth Avenue. It's all three, same address. And then Holtz Brink Publishers, LLC, 175 Fifth Avenue, New York, Relief Defendant. So this is an introduction to the United States of America brings a civil action for breach of contract and fiduciary obligations against Defendant Edward Snowden a United States citizen who formerly worked as a contractor and staff employee for the Central Intelligence Agency, paren CIA, close paren, and was employed as a contract employee by the National Security Agency, open paren, NSA, close paren, comment, who published a book without submitting the manuscript for pre-publication review and has given speeches without submitting the necessary materials for pre-publication review, comma, in violation of his secrecy agreements and non-disclosure obligations to the United States of America. As relief defendant on the United States, also names Macmillan Publishers, Macmillan Publishing Group, LLC, and Henry Holt and Company, and Holtzbrick Publishers, LLC. So no independent claims are asserted herein against the relief defendants rather than are named as necessary parties 
for purposes of according to the United States complete relief in this lawsuit. Through the, the suit, the United States is not seeking to enjoin or restrain publication or distribution of Snowden's book. Now this, let me go uh, see when this was filed. Now, according to this that I'm looking at, that anybody can get a copy of, this is a hard copy, folks, white. It's a PDF, and it says file 09-1719. So go look it up for yourself, and this will be about his book, I guess. But Jan Edward Snowden is controversial, whether he is a patriot or a whistleblower or both, and a permanent record, Edward Snowden, that's the name of his book. So they've cited it. Wow, this is pretty fancy. Uh, they've cited his picture, Snowden's publication of a book entitled Permanent Record. On August 1st, 2019, Snowden publicly announced he had written a book entitled Permanent Record. He made the announcement via Twitter or via Twitter. I'm not even sure. I've heard via and via. So Permanent Record, Edward Snowden and Jan Aldrich has evoked this into his own book. Episode three here, we are doing our own oral book for anybody, and we'll hopefully put it all together and put it out as an oral book. But uh, go ahead now, Jan. I think I've discussed enough, and I've given you something that is bona fide, shows he's a real person. Uh, his story is that he worked for CIA and NSA, and he became a whistleblower, and that became controversial, and it's the first time they've had a worldwide manhunt. So that's the big claim to fame. I don't know how he's going to piece it together. But Jan and I, I guess we sort of have a dog in the fight because we both worked for the government. We both wore uniforms. I don't think he wore a uniform. He was just a contractor for uh, – what is the name of that – what's the name of that company? Do you remember the company uh, that he worked for? As Booz, a uh, Booz Allen. There you go. Booz Allen Hamilton, right? Mm. All right. Well, back to you now because uh, – I mean, I understand because this is what we're trying to do, folks, is make a linear timeline that we can count on historically, either find hard copy or admit to our oral experience and put it here for you to hear and let you be the judge or at least have your own opinion. So what say you now, Jan, because you weighed in on Edward Snowden, which of all people, I got knocked off the Internet for even – uh, talking about him before, so we may get knocked off. They don't yeah, like don't you to talk so. about him. All right, so, well, we'll see if okay. So uh, the, the the thing is not Edward Snowden; it's it's the CIA. Uh, when I uh, uh, the uh, ABC News uh, interviewed me a number of times for their uh, um, uh, special that they had. Uh, um, and we did talk about the CIA. I did talk about the CIA with uh, uh, with the uh, uh, with the uh, uh, journalists, and uh, they finally told me. Said, you know what? We don't want to talk about the CIA anymore. We don't think that they are the main agency involved in UFOs. So we would, you know. Our our uh, research tells us that they are sort of uh, uh, not the primary agency involved here, which of course the Air Force always claimed to have primacy. 
Um, they each wanted the uh, each agency. Now you may remember this. There's always a fight for budgetary money, basically, folks, to get the projects done. It's always about the money and the government. And if you go, if you're in the belt or in anyway, it's a long story, but you can figure it out for yourself. The thing is, who's going to pay for what? And we have Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and we have the National Security Council, USC. We have uh, CIA, NSA, National Intelligence Agency. We have so many, Homeland Security. You can go on and on. But intelligence-wise, now we have those that are – I don't even know all the names anymore because it changes And right now. But the government used to have it where the president got a briefing that had all of it in there. I don't even know if he wants them. <laughs> the president, president even wants a briefing. But uh, do you even – you know what I'm saying – Jan, don't you, that each part had to fight for their own money to do their yeah. own thing. Regarding the CIA, as far as I know, they did have their own files. They did have their own interests from 1947, and we can go back and show when it was founded and all of all of those groups before. I don't know when uh, NS – I've had a lot of uh, interaction with people, but that doesn't make me an expert but, you know, I, I knew about NSA because they told me who they were, and they came and took me to dinner and talked to me about National Security Agency. So I guess in a way, I don't know if I was a contractor for them or not. I've talked to FBI, CIA, and NSA on various accounts. But, you know, it's what did they want to know, and did I know it? That's all that was about. And I think the CIA was the same way. The Federal Bureau of Investigation had their own uh, records. The CIA had theirs, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and I roomed with a girl from the DIA, and she got chosen to work in the Pentagon, the United the States Department, and uh, you know there's so many different groups that had their own files, and they would send they wanted their own files because they were intelligence, and they know information is power. So the, of course you the United the United States Department of Defense. But it's just like we're fighting now over who's going to have the space agency. Will it be strictly Air Force, or is it going to be some Navy, some Army? So, uh, you know, that's just the way it was. But National Security Agency, which is the one that uh, Edward Snowden was contracting for, is headquartered in Maryland. The founder was Harry S. Truman, and that did not get founded till after the CIA, November 4th, 1952. Defending our nation, securing the future. So you heard Joe Reagan. He actually had Edward Snowden on his. I wonder how much he paid him. His company paid him, right? Edward Snowden to be on Joe Rogan. I, I don't know. I think. I think you know he might have just done it for. Uh, for um, Damn it! Uh, for, for for publicity. Um, however, getting on to the CIA. They're supposed to, to be. CIA. They're supposed to be the central intelligence agency. They are supposed to have their fingers in everything. <clears throat> so. Well, let's say what uh, year were they formed? Ninety-four. Let me look it up. CIA. I know so, it's nineteen. So okay, we don't need to go through this. Uh, the the CIA is supposed is the central intelligence agency. It's supposed to have their fingers in everything. They're supposed to be able to find. Uh, material centrally. In other words, if you ask for something, they're supposed to be able to find it. 
uh, Truman well, what makes them Truman formed the formed the agency to keep to keep another Pearl Harbor from happening. That was the whole oh. idea. It, it it started off as a central intelligence group, and then grew into an actual agency uh, under Hill and Carter. Well, remember, as they far were as uh, they're supposed to get every every piece of intelligence, so they can they can match it together, and if necessary, their archives, so they can find it in their archives to find out what's going on if something is. You know, do they have any uh, background on things? So they're supposed to have a, 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 a excellent intelligence thing now. Global intelligence. Yeah. Global, so uh, yeah. here's the uh, here's the, the thing about this. <clears throat> I uh, one of the things I did when I went to the National Archives was just turn over pieces of paper. Uh, so I got all the all the uh from the air force intelligence files i got all the top secret uh documents that had been declassified and so and i started with 47 and went forward and i turned over each page and then i looked at them <clears throat> in 1948 now that's early on. That's Project Sign. Okay. They had a uh, they had a top secret thing from the uh, U.S. Uh, Air Force in Europe that said that they had talked to the uh, Swedish uh, air intelligence, and of course, the Swedish air intelligence had already been involved with the Ghost Rockets in 1946. In fact, the Swedish air intelligence almost went from ghost rockets in 46 to UFOs in 47. So the Air Force guys were kind of, uh, <coughs> Air Force intelligence in Europe was kind of flippant in their comments. They were saying, well, the uh, the Swedes believe that these are interplanetary. <coughs> Which, of course, in 1948, that's what uh, Wright Field, the guys at Wright Field wrote the estimate of uh, of the uh, of the situation. So the, the uh, estimate of the situation supposedly uh, concluded that. So here is uh, right during the arguments back and forth between Air Force Intelligence in Washington and uh, Wright Field in Ohio, here comes this thing from Europe that says, uh, uh, the Swedes believe they're interplanetary, and they've been working on this quite a while. So uh, besides that, they said, it's the document said, a technical expert for the the Swedish defense uh, had a party at his uh, lakeside uh, cabin, and uh, at that time, a cigar-shaped object splashed into the water there. 
and uh, turns out that the uh, technical expert, and I, I had to find this out by going to uh, uh, to uh, to Maxwell Air Force Base and looking at their records, and those, those records told me who the tech, technical expert was because he was identified in another document that was supposed to be with the top secret document, and that was General Jung, and he was the head of the Swedish Defense Forces. So this high-ranking Swedish general and his party had seen a UFO go into the lake. They made it. Uh, he had uh, his military attempt to uh, find it in the lake, and uh, they, they couldn't find it. They didn't find it. Uh, they did find that the bottom was disturbed, but they didn't find the object. Uh, that particular top-secret document went both, according to the uh, routing slip on it, went both to the CIA and to Wright Field. So what I did is I put in a FOIA said, hey, I'd like to see this document. <clears throat> and, of course, the CIA told me uh, uh, no record. And no record ends it. You can't. There's nothing you can do after you say, after they say no record. You can't appeal that, really. Right. So you're, you're, you're stuck, you know. They're just saying they don't have it. Like I said, you, now, I, I went through this big song and dance about the Central Intelligence Agency is supposed to know everything. But you have to have and, the correct And word. it's obvious from this FOIA request and many others I put into them that uh, they keep relying on, well, we don't know anything about this, we, and we don't have any information. I sent them the, the top-secret document from the, from the archives stating that this guy did it. Um the Swedes, they have General Jung's diary. As the UFO Sweden has General Jung's diary, and he talks about this incident in his diary. So it's essentially as the Air Force told, uh, Air Force in Europe told uh, Air Force Intelligence at the Pentagon, uh, the, the story is the same in in this uh, general's diary. So, but the CIA knows nothing, right? Okay. Well, you so know if you want to believe that, I, I have I have a, a bridge for you in uh, in uh, New York. There, the Brooklyn Bridge. There, I can sell it to you for cheap. Uh, well, you have to know the proper words and hopefully any document numbers. Just to get it, you know, CIA-RDP something, you know, the report, and you got to give the clerk that's got to look it up. It's just a clerk level looking it up for you. Yeah, so okay, but they said no record, which, time. of course, means that, you know, they, uh, what it means is they claim they have, you know, they had 900-some documents or pages of documents that they released. And that's all they have. And of course, Bruce yeah. Maccabee said Bruce Maccabee said that other people told him uh, at the CIA that they had sequestered uh, a large amount of 
UFO documents, probably uh, 1,600 uh, at least away in a, in a in a place under a different um, file, and uh, anybody that asked for it was never going to get it. Oh. Um, <clears throat> well, they have. You're right. They have FOIA files under flying saucers. Yeah, instance. they do. They have nine hundred. There's, there's almost a thousand pages were released. Uh, a lot of them were from the Air Force, and some few from the Navy. But I'm telling you, whatever was released is just a small fraction of what I could demonstrate that they got from the Air Force, and I have some stuff that they got from the Navy, starting in 19. Starting before the the CIA was actually an agency, all the way back to the Central Intelligence Group, and there's the, you know there's hundreds, and it's probably thousands of documents. So, uh, well, let's talk about like why this is, because I'm looking at a secret document right now that's been declassified, and it has the original director of DIA. And then all the CCs, the military assistant to the president, special assistant, you know, it lists all that. And I used to have to learn how to type this stuff up, folks. It's not easy, okay? And then you have to list every DCI, DCP, CIFI, all the people that get a copy, okay? Numbers. And it's amazing. It's We have a format for how we do it. We cite the source whether it's a reliable source or not, what country, USSR, uh, what, what date it came in, the appraisal of the content, it's a documentary. And uh, then uh, there's theories. This is of uh, different people. And uh, when I did IG reports, finding a fact, we put uh, on or about such and such date. It is my, and you didn't get to say your opinion till the final after all the findings of fact, numbered one, two, three, four, five. So depending on what type of document, we had ways to do this strictly. And I'm looking at one right now. It's got 28 pages in it. So it's in the CIA flying saucers documents if you want to go look them up. So trust me, there's plenty out there. So, I mean, just the fact that you can go on the Internet and look it up under CIA.gov library tells me that he was wrong. Yeah, well, okay. the the problem <clears throat> the problem is. Hold on just a minute. I've got people here taking pictures of my house, but keep talking. You're talking about the CIA. Go ahead, and I'm gonna uh, be on mute for a minute because I have to uh, escort people in my house. Okay. Hold on. So here, all right. Here's the here's the problem with uh, what we we don't have large amounts of of uh documents that we could demonstrate are were at one time in government files whether it's the air force the navy uh the cia um the fbi however from the documents we do have nobody has really done a thorough job of looking at these things so <clears throat> we have so-called experts that uh go to conferences and talk on these podcasts like I'm doing right now. However, they do not know the history or the extent of uh, government reactions to UFOs. Um, 
we spent a lot of time, about two decades, from the 80s to the, the uh, to about 2000, uh, just sort of uh, engaging in all kinds of conspiracy problems. When what should have been done, as Brad Sparks says, is first of all go through all the the Project Blue Book. Uh, documents, <clears throat> reports, and everything. Make a list of all the references uh, in these documents to other documents. See if you can find those other documents. If you can't find them, list them as documents we'd like to see. Uh, and I've tried to do a little bit of that. I haven't even started yet. It's it's going to take somebody else's lifetime to do this if they want to. But uh, it won't be me. But uh, I did this with ghost, ghost rockets. I found from uh, from restricted to top secret over a hundred ghost rocket documents at the archives and other places, not just the, uh, the national archives, also at, uh, Air Force, um, historical research agency in Maxwell and the army. In fact, there's ghost rocket, uh, uh, reports, uh, sent to the president by, uh, General Hoyt Vandenberg, when he was head of the CIG, um, two documents that he sent to the uh, to the president about ghost rockets. Uh, <clears throat> now these these ghost rocket documents refer to other ghost rocket documents. So going and doing this in a small universe of documents, I was able to find out there's about 117 documents that we don't have, or we suspect are ghost rocket documents because they're referenced in these ones we have. And <clears throat> so these are ones we don't have. We need to find them. Uh, I tried to do FOIAs on some of them. Uh, they haven't been too successful. Uh, essentially, uh, what the archives told Todd is, uh, Robert Todd, that they don't, have the personnel to go look for everything that has to do with UFOs and there's lots of stuff that is in their files there at the archives it's available but somebody's got to dig it out and like I said turn page over page uh, uh, looking in likely places or sometimes unlikely places so that's 117. So I just look in, uh, talking about other documents like Project Blue Book documents. And uh, I found this uh, site about a uh, uh, Navy fighter squadron in the Pacific in 1953 that had a UFO report. <clears throat> And it cited a, a document in Air Force intelligence files where they supposedly um, 
forwarded it, forwarded the uh, the report to Project Blue Book. Look in Project Blue Book; it's not there. But there is a letter saying that <clears throat> Air Force Intelligence forwarded it. So we've had that information. That's just one document like that. There's, I have a database of about uh, uh, nearly 800 documents like that. Now, some of them we can find, uh, and some of them are found in other places, or some of them uh, we FOIA'd and we found them. But uh, a real list of documents hasn't been created to tell what we need to find. The other thing is uh, documents from other agencies have not been fully exploited. I talk about the uh, uh, FBI documents all the time. Uh, These have not been indexed. And when you say, oh, we don't know this because the Air Force doesn't have anything on this, a lot of times... The FBI meeting at intelligence uh, meetings with other agencies, including the Air Force, record the you know inter- interesting things in the media in the uh, in their um, notes about what the meeting was about that exist nowhere else. So the uh, FBI files, all, and they're on the internet, have a lot of material about UFOs and the Air Force and they they haven't been properly exploited. Uh, even the CIA documents which have been pretty well discussed ad infinitum they haven't really been uh, exploited to the are more interesting, I think, but uh, except for Bruce McAbee, who's written a book on FBI and CIA documents, uh, this is a uh, this is an area which we haven't uh, gone into enough, uh, especially in the early history. Um, a few years ago, or well, it's more like twenty. 20 years ago, um, at the end of the 90s, um, uh, the 4th Air Force files on uh, from 1947 to uh, early 52 were found at uh, Maxwell Air Force Base. Uh, and those things uh, have items that are not in Project Blue Book what the 4th Air Force uh, did to investigate UFOs, and they became one of the main agencies in the early days to to look at these things. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of uh, material in there to uh, coordinate with all the other material that we know about. Uh, Lauren Gross is probably one of the best in this area because he, and I know how he did this. He used to lay lay everything out on his 
uh, in his living room, lay it out on the floor, and then try to find um, correlations between the various agencies and what was being said in the press and interviews given by various officials and things. In some cases, he has minute-to-minute narratives of what was going on at the time. Um, Everybody talks about the Washington national sightings in 1952. Not not anywhere close to what the real situation was. Uh, for two weeks, uh, these things were seen and uh, picked up on radar and reported by various agencies uh, and in the press and even the press coverage has not been really looked at to see what's there. Uh, Lauren Gross found that the first sighting was at uh, Squantum Naval Air Station in uh, Massachusetts, and these things were seen all up and down the East Coast. And the Washington Nationals were just part of that. They were just the small part of that. So the Washington Nationals um, have not been uh, exploited, like uh, like I said about all these other documents. Um, There's missing, if you look at Blue Book, there's missing documents. There's documents that don't... uh, Washington Nationals, it's a confused mess, first off. But once you get things in order, there's there's all kinds of things that uh, people have ignored, and they like to write about the Washington Nationals like it's the ultimate sighting. It wasn't the Washington Nationals. It was the whole East Coast is involved, up and down the East Coast. So, uh, uh, like I said, Bruce McAbee is one of the ones that exploited this. Lauren Gross definitely, uh, he's the one that found that this was a a two-week general sightings from one place to another, Uh, uh, fighters, uh, on routine missions or scrambled uh, up and down the East Coast um, by putting all these reports together, like I said, on his uh, on his living room floor and following the times you go from one case to another. The uh, F-94 see something, they call to uh, uh, Air Force radar in Rhode Island, the radar's down, so somebody else is trying to pick it up. Uh, That thing goes away later on. A few minutes later, another flight of 
F-94s, picks up a UFO, and on it goes for about two weeks. And it's just uh, amazing, and it's, like I said, it's, in some cases, it's minute by minute. And the only way we did that was to get every document we could on the, on the Washington Nationals and try to lay them out. Now, the press was reporting things at the same time, so those are incorporated into the uh, account. And these, uh, the uh, Lauren Gross's uh, UFO history can be found on uh, the Sign Oral History Project website. Um, And they're there for free. Uh, And all these people are pontificating about the Washington Nationals, and they don't, they have no idea what they're talking about. So we, uh, that's just one problem in UFO history, and we can, we can uh, put that to the 75 overflights. Uh, nobody has really done a real good job about laying those things out and finding what documents are we missing? What documents are referenced that we don't have? Um, we can do this at, uh, with plenty of other, um, documents after, uh, in 1979, there was a sighting over uh, Fallon uh, Naval Air Base, a Naval Air Station in uh, in Nevada. Uh, the MP saw it and it was picked up on radar. Uh, Robert Todd uh, foiled that, and he found what little the Navy had saved about this sighting. But in the, if you go and look at the uh, newspaper and Fallon, you get more information that the sheriff was involved, that he sent, the sheriff sent uh, deputies to uh, investigate the case and contacted the Air Force. And that's not in any official documents, it's in a it's in a newspaper story. Um, the uh, the Air National Guard that participated in the Washington Nationals from uh, Delaware uh, in the newspaper, one of the commanders who's leaving the uh, Delaware Air National Guard talks about the. Uh, what what's happened during his tenure, and he talks about the Washington Nationals, and he gives more information than is in the uh, in the official documents. He supplements the information there by his experience when the Washington Nationals took uh, place. So, and there's there's a lot of opportunity to find these kind of material in uh, newspapers. A lot of things were leaked or found out by uh, zealous reporters that actually went after information 
in those days. Uh, but we haven't looked at the newspapers. Uh, 1952 in August in Connecticut here where I live there were so many UFO cases they they had a special delegation from the Air Force to come here and uh, look into it now all as I have is a newspaper clipping that tells me that it tells me that the uh, Air Force sent a delegation here to uh, investigate this it doesn't say who they were where they went but the uh, newspapers in Connecticut have not been uh, thoroughly screened to find out if there is more information about this. The uh, civil defense was involved here. <clears throat> we do know that. Uh, the extent that the uh, Connecticut sightings were uh, took place uh, is not indicated in Project Blue Book. It seems like there's you know, no big uh, amount of of sighting reports in Project Blue Book. They just it just seems that uh, uh, there's just this newspaper report saying that we we expect an Air Force delegation here to look into this. Um, some local newspapers talk about uh, the civil defense people in Connecticut investigating some of these cases. Um, the uh, uh, If we look at uh, North Carolina, um, the Third Army supposedly asked the Civil Defense Director in North Carolina to investigate UFO cases. And that's exactly what he did, and he put in the newspaper that he, he, you know, people should write him about UFO cases in 1952. Uh, Not only that, every one of his local civil defense news uh, directors at the local level went to their local newspaper and said the same thing. Um, So this was a... This is kind of an amazing thing. Now, I looked for North Carolina items, but I didn't find any. However, looking in the newspaper, it seems that uh, the head of the civil defense at the time, uh, uh, Easy Jones, did in fact go on a personal investigation with a local uh, chief of police and was involved in an investigation uh, in North Carolina, uh, I went to the, uh, I went to the, uh, um, North Carolina archives, the state archives, and looked up the civil defense. Well, I got, you know, I, I found out that Easy Jones was indeed the civil defense, state civil defense director, but nothing about UFOs or the Third Army, um, and we didn't get that from official documents. We got that from newspaper accounts. So this is uh, this is the type of research that research. I involve. I'm involved. I'm involved. 
trying to uh, correlate material from various sources, um, not just official but unofficial. Of course, looking at uh, records in uh, KUFOS and NICAP, uh, other UFO organizations, you you do find things that fit together with uh, with uh, military activity. Um, I talk a lot about fifty two because I've been scanning that kind of stuff into the. Uh, into the computer so we have a digital record of this so while scanning material from Kufos I found a report from and this is during the the uh, Washington Nationals from Fairfax Virginia the police at Fairfax Virginia uh, saw four UFOs well there's a letter there from much later uh, from a guy that got the UFO evidence, and he said, well, I've always been interested in UFOs since 1952 when uh, I, I saw two UFOs during this same time that these policemen reported the UFO. He says it's it's exactly in the same time frame that they saw. He said, I only saw two, though. And he cited the page in the uh, UFO evidence. I said, well, this is great. This is some kind of confirmation and that's what he said he said I can't tell you much about it it's been a long time but uh, here this is um, when I was engaged in project uh, 1947 I found out uh, I had a number of uh, UFO cases in Georgia um, uh, Georgia MUFON people Went out and talked to some because this was this was in the uh, in the 90s. So some of these people were still alive. They went and talked to some of these people, and they confirmed that what was printed in the newspapers did happen. Um, uh, after that, one of the policemen down there, who was a MUFON member, decided that he would he would screen the newspapers in Nor- in uh, Georgia and. He wrote a little report about the UFO phenomena in Georgia. Uh, uh, one of his main sources was uh, local newspapers. Uh, he also used the Project Blue Book files. In some cases, uh, more information came out because of consulting the newspapers on cases that were in Blue Book. So... Uh, the the amount of research that can be done is enormous. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, there's somebody called in from Indiana. Let me see if uh, they wanted to say anything. Hi, uh, Indiana, I can see you. Did you want to uh, make a comment or anything on the hour? Well, I just wanted to – I did – I. I'm not from Indiana. I, I know my phone number says that, but I stole that phone. I'm from Mississippi, really. So here's my question: Is I believe that your that the, the aliens can get to us from uh, through our pets? 
because something happened to my dog the other day, and I know it had nothing to do with anything normal around here. I know my dog, he eats owls and raccoons and things like that, but there was something that happened. It was a big flash of light, right, a couple nights ago, and, and my dog comes back, and he don't look the same no more. So I'm worried about him, and I, I don't know if I'll take him to the vet. They might want to just put him down, but he acts different. And my dog, something is different about my dog. So that was my question. Do you believe if you get hit by the alien or something happens in your house or in your neighborhood there, if it can, if it can affect your pet? I'm sure it could, but hold on, and I'll ask uh, Jan. Jan, well, what kind of history do we have on that? You're talking well, about ball there, lightning. There's a there's a pretty big history on this that animals uh, um, uh, sometimes the uh, people see UFOs and the animals seem to uh, blissfully ignore them, but at other times they're they're agitated. Whimpering, uh, sometimes barking uh, uh, wildly and running around, and uh, sometimes they seem to be affected by them. Um, and in fact, sometimes the animals are the ones that give the alarm. They start acting unusual, and people go out to see what what the problem is, and uh, <clears throat> then they see a UFO. And this goes all the way back to. Uh, well, actually, before 1947, I have some cases in uh, during the Second World War. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> animal reaction is 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 uh, very interesting. It's it's a part of uh, the UFO uh, history, um, uh, and uh, they act really. Uh, uh, in some cases, very agitated and uh, maybe like they're hearing things because uh, dogs have better hearing than we do. They may be hearing something that we can't. Uh, I, I know that uh, just about, uh, well, this is one from uh, from 1947. uh, uh these guys went up to Canada and they were fishing on a lake early in the morning. Uh, it's still uh, foggy and everything, and they're fishing on this lake in Canada in, in uh, June of 1947. Uh, this is before Arnold, and these uh, deer come down to the lake to drink. These guys are on the, in their boats uh, in the middle of the lake, and they're watching the deer come down. They're trying to be as quiet as they can. They're fishing. So the deer come down, <clears throat> and one deer looks up, and then the guy's, you know, it, it looks, it's looking way up in the sky. It seems kind of strange. So they, everybody looks up, and there's uh, there's six UFOs just sitting over the lake. Uh, and, of course, uh, the deer was the one that gave the alarm. <laughs> so that's... It's kind of interesting, and they, uh, as they watched, two other UFOs came and joined them, and then all of the UFOs went away. And that's, uh, to me, that was a very interesting thing because uh, it 
seemed like there was a rendezvous, and then the UFOs went away in another direction. So that was uh, that. That to me is an interesting case, and it's set off by uh, the deer, more or less, giving the alarm. Uh, of course, there's other other cases where. Um, many other animals, uh, of course, birds, uh, police officers feeding the pigeons, and he, uh, the pigeons all of a sudden become agitated and fly off. He looks up, and there's a UFO coming overhead. Um, uh, another, just a, just a few days after that, in another location, uh, not in the USA, but in Canada, uh this woman has turkeys on her farm and she couldn't figure out why they became so agitated and went out to check and looked up and there was a UFO and she she thought that maybe it had been hawks but she looked at it and she said no that's no hawk that's a that's a strange disc-shaped object just like everybody's been talking about so uh there's many instances where the animals seem to uh, react to uh, UFOs or, like I said, even give the alarm that they're the ones that uh, notice the UFO first, sometimes before the people even do. Um, and it seems to be uh, not so much cats. Sometimes cats are involved. It seems to be dogs mostly, but like I say, um, uh, wild animals, and uh, even uh, and and fowl, birds, uh, seem to react to these things when they're come when they come around. I hope that was a uh, the answer you're looking for. So, uh, there are there are some people that have put together a list of of these uh, animal reactions, and they they run into hundreds of cases. So it's not while there are uh, uh, they're not an everyday event. They have occurred over the last 50, 60 years in quite a large number, but it's not an everyday event or not an everyday UFO sightings uh, involved are not necessarily there. Um, Project Blue Book really didn't pick up on that until the late 50s or something like that. Uh, we... Uh, I think uh, probably the people in New York were were on this idea beforehand. Um, like I said, it goes back to before 1947, though. In 1947, there were plenty of these cases, once again, in local newspapers. They had 
necessarily get on the uh, wire service. So it's it's interesting that people at different places, like I said, the pigeons and the uh, the turkeys are reporting this kind of thing, but neither of them had probably had any communications with each other because uh, they were across the country and it was only reported in the local newspapers. Uh, that really, uh, <clears throat> that really kind of, especially in the early days, uh, <clears throat> before a lot of this information was transmitted by books and uh, newspaper or uh, wire services, uh, indicates that you know that the uh, phenomena of animals being involved. Uh, actually existed. I think in uh, I think in some cases uh some animals even took sick uh, and uh, acted queerly for uh, for days afterwards. So it must have affected them in some way. Um, uh, I remember reading one thing where the uh, uh, UFO came right down and almost landed. And then for days afterwards, the uh, the dog would not go close to it. Uh, there's also sheep and cattle and horses that have uh, uh, been affected by these things. Um, so it's uh, it's not just a uh, man's best friend. It's uh, it's a it's a big spectrum of uh, animals, uh, both wild and domesticated that have been uh, uh, affected. Uh, uh, one uh, case in in New York uh, uh, in 65, the bull had a, a nose ring and uh, was clipped to the ground and uh, he his nose ring was uh, on a uh, on a stake, was, uh, attached to a stake, so he could, couldn't move around that much. And the UFO came down, and they had electromagnetic effects uh, of the UFO, and uh, and the uh, the bull, uh, of course, uh, was staked out. But he was he was uh, bellowing and uh, trying to get loose from uh, being staked down and uh, agitated and everything like that. Um, and it's just just doesn't happen in the United States. It happens in Australia, Canada, France. Uh, uh, even to a certain extent in Africa, they talk about cattle being um, 
agitated when UFOs come around. Um, I'm trying to look for something right now in in Great Britain that I but I don't seem to have it right at uh, my fingertips here. Um, like I say, there's a number of them in Britain. And we put together, people have put together lists. Um, and these are, these are rather handy. Unfortunately, there's not enough work being done like this. Um, if there's unusual uh, features of UFO sightings or effects of UFO sightings, like uh, car stallings and things like that, there have been some catalogs made. Um, uh, while some people have done a lot of work on this, some of, uh, there's there's plenty of things where they haven't. Almost nothing has been done. Um, in some cases, UFOs. Uh, as they pass, the air is displaced, or there's wind as they pass, or uh, as they pass uh, the aircraft, if there's an aircraft in the area, sometimes they're affected as they pass the aircraft. Uh, Nobody's put together a, a really comprehensive list of these kind of things, air displacement like that. Um... Uh, Richard Hall had, uh, I know, a, a, a short catalog with 50 cases, but uh, I know of a half a dozen more just just off the top of my head that I can talk about that happened there. And there's cases sometimes where heat is involved, um, either by uh, searing vegetation when it's close to the ground or uh, people feel heat being given off by the UFO. Uh, Rarer is uh, um, cold being given off by the UFO, uh, which is uh, just a few cases uh, fall into that thing. Um, uh, various psychological effects uh, going all the way back to the 1929. Uh, APRO had. Uh, uh, a surgeon right in, and he said when he was going to medical school, he was crossing the road, and the UFO came overhead at a very uh, low altitude, and he said uh, was he was like knocked to his knees, and he felt uh, nauseous uh, <clears throat> afterwards. That's a... Uh, uh, a psychological or a physiological effect that uh, he had. Um, another uh, case in uh, 1947. Now, this is probably one of the first cases where there's a physiological effect uh, recorded in the newspapers. Um, this guy was in the basement. Uh, working on his plumbing and he did have a heart condition and he came out of the basement he had a hatch and he came out of the hatch and this UFO came across his uh, backyard at a very low altitude and he was affected by the uh, 
by it, and his uh, his wife was a nurse. She came running out to to help him, and he did have. He was affected by it. His heart condition uh, uh, went ahead and was aggravated by by this thing coming across. So that's one of the very early uh, physiological cases. Other people have reported uh, eye injuries. Um, some people have reported burns, their skin, uh, their hair. Some people reported their hair standing on end, which is uh, kind of an unusual effect, um, like static electricity. Um, uh, the uh, idea of nausea. That has been reported a number of times. Uh, cases where uh, uh, eyes have been involved, uh, blinding light that you can't even look at the UFO, either at night or during the uh, reflected light back from the UFO where you can't even look at it. Blinding. In fact, some people have been blinded for for several minutes after uh, after encountering a UFO like that. So, uh, like I said, most of these cases are are uh, are not um, uh, they they haven't been dug out of the literature. Something that's more uh, existent in the literature, which is probably more uh, well-known or where electrical appliances or vehicles, aircraft are affected, um, radar jamming. Uh, one, one case uh, here in Connecticut uh, in the, in the late 60s uh, where uh, this woman's refrigerator malfunctioned and everything in her refrigerator got super cold. Um, And that's been reported more than once, uh, the malfunctions of the refrigerator. In fact, uh, an Air Force colonel reported something like that. and uh, James McDonald at the University of Arizona investigated this case thoroughly. Uh, the uh, stopping of cars, turning off car lights, affecting uh, electricity in the house, like the lights dim or blink on and off, that goes back to the uh, to 1947. Uh, and all over the world. 1947, there's a case like that in Finland. There's a case in 1946 in uh, 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 three triangular UFOs came over a a house in uh, Sweden. And uh, the houses around there, the clocks had stopped and uh, the power went out. And this was investigated by the local police. 
and the case was recorded and put into the uh, uh, National Defense Archives there in Sweden. Uh, and since they have since they have uh, now opened those up, uh, this case is known, and that's another. Like I said, this goes back to um, another thing where these these agencies have not communicated with each other. So what happened in Sweden is not necessarily known by uh, the people uh, in the United States or anywhere else, like the Project Blue Book or things like that. Now, the Brits doing their investigation, um, I have on my site uh, an article from uh, South American magazine uh, called Outspan uh, from 1954 which tells about uh, sightings investigated by the South African Air Force and they they admit right there that the the cases went to Great Britain so they could uh, their intelligence could look at it we know that some South American official cases apparently exist in Project Blue Book. Um, and there's some indication in the newspapers that the United States was informed about what was going on in South Africa. In Australia, um, the attache, the Air Force attache down there, our attache, U.S. Air Force attache, um, just asked the Australians if he could look at their files, and they granted him that several times. And for a for a while, they were submitting cases that they got to the U.S. Air Force, and those are in Blue Book. So some of these things, um, some of these, there's indication that uh, various nations. Uh, went ahead and cooperated with each other. Uh, In other cases, uh, uh, the Air Force attaches at various embassies uh, looked into local UFO activity. Um, So in uh, Uruguay, Attaché went and saw the Uruguayan Air Force uh, intelligence uh, man, uh, intelligence uh, officer, and got a whole bunch of cases from Uruguay that are in the Project Blue Book files. Uh, They're from the local UFO organization in Uruguay, but I know... Uh, one of the founders of the Uruguayan UFO organization. So I asked him. I said, "Well, did you guys ever have any uh, any contact with the U with the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force? Did you ever submit cases to them?" And he said, "No, no. But we did submit them to our own Air Force. So uh, that's apparently how the." Uh, 
that Ashe got that got those cases. Uh, there's indications that uh, the Brazilian cases were forwarded by the uh, by the attaches, and not just necessarily the Air Force. The the Navy too was involved in this, so it was like an uh, overseas intelligence uh, gathering thing, uh, using the uh, Air Force uh, attaches at the embassy to gather material. Um, uh, there's cases from Norway that uh, happened like this in Sweden, uh, Finland. Uh, there's there's lesser indications that uh, that happened from Great Britain, but there are some cases from Great Britain in there. However, the British destroyed most of their files before the uh, late 60s, so... Uh, this indication isn't uh, isn't uh, well known. Although Heineck had some Air Ministry cases in his files, he visited there several times. Uh, supposedly, one of the things he uh, got when he was in Great Britain was a uh, uh, secret uh, report from the. Uh, uh, from the Air Ministry about uh, early days in, in UFOs, and he brought that back to uh, Air Force Intelligence in the United States. Uh, and at other times, it appears that uh, um, there was some cooperation between the uh, uh, Royal Air Force and uh, our Air Force. Uh, the uh, newspapers in Great Britain uh, commented on this several times, but uh, like I say, with the uh, with a lot of the files destroyed, it's hard to uh, uh, the British files destroyed. It's hard to <laughs> to uh, confirm this. Confirm this. possible uh, cooperation. Uh, we did cooperate somewhat with the Canadians, and of course when NORAD happened, when NORAD was formed in the in the uh, 50s, uh, the uh, Canadians were part of NORAD, so uh, UFO c- cases from Canada were uh, involved in in NORAD were maintained. Can you Uh, hear me? Yes. Okay. I've had my headset on, but you couldn't hear me. So I had to call in. (laughs) Not sure. All right. Well, I'm here the whole time. Okay. Well, I just kept talking. So was I just talking to to, to dead air or were we going over? No, no. We're we're still live right now. I just was wanting to know why you couldn't hear me. I kept asking things, but uh, I couldn't. I, hear I, I couldn't hear you at all. All I could hear is mute, unmute, mute, unmute. Uh, so I just uh, uh, went ahead and, and talked about various uh, um, aspects of, of UFOs uh, that I've I've been involved in. Uh, yes, good. 
I've been listening, and it's really good. So uh, I'm glad you talked about the animals and the hair raising events, and you put a lot more in it, so it won't be just sightings. So I think that's good. But I I couldn't get the lady on the. Did that answer your question, Mississippi, <laughs> about the animals? Yes. Thank you okay. very much. Well, you're very sweet for yeah. calling in. We appreciate I'm sorry I couldn't speak directly to you. Uh, that's it's a good okay. question. It was a good question. Well, you answered it halfway well. And I'm still dealing with my problems out here with my dog and with my neighbor's chickens, roosters and stuff. And uh, we'll get through it. We'll get what, through uh, it. That's what, what I was how, how does the dog uh, act? Well, he sits under the couch now. And like I told you, he used to have two brown eyes, and now he's got one brown and one blue, and uh, he he don't act right. He just he just looks at me and he barks and growls funny. And my question was, should I shoot it? Because I don't know what happened to this dog, and I think we had some alien something alien happen. Because my neighbor told me, he said, you know what? I, all my birds left. My neighbor loves birds, and he had owls and roosters and stuff. And they, sometimes they'd come into my yard, and my dog would go out there, and he'd eat an owl. You know, that just happened, but it's no, it's no big deal. What part but of Mississippi, now, and when did this happen? So we can at it least document it. Ago, three days ago it happened. There was a big wow. flash of light in Taylorsville, Mississippi. It's it's between, uh, uh, boy, uh, um, Hattiesburg. And Jackson, right? If you if you look on a map, about halfway down there, it's Taylorville, Mississippi, right here. And this is Waylon Jennings Trailer Park. And there's a lot of people here. There's probably 20, 25 trailers. I don't know. We've been here a long time. I grew up here. And uh, what happened was, and uh, I went through the story already, and I don't know if you heard how much you heard, but it was a big flash of light and a boom, right? And my dog was outside at the time, and he comes back in, and he has no toe, he has no nails on his toes or nothing, nothing, and then one eye, yeah, one eye changed color, it went from brown to, to black blue, like it's dead or something, I keep waving my hand in front of him, and I don't think he sees nothing, I don't know what's going to happen with him, and he's just kind of looking at me, and then he just goes and lays down, and he's just different, um, I mean, I can call back and give you an update if you want, but he don't act the same, honey. He just don't act the same. And there's some other stuff that happened, too. I had a girlfriend with me, and uh, she was outside at a time washing my truck. And uh, right at the time, she came, and then at the same time, right, all this happened when, boom, light. And she comes back in, and she looks weird. She's not acting the same. She don't clean the house no more, nothing. And I was telling, I was telling your friend there, I had to put her in the shed. I did. I had to lock her up a little bit because she's now she's feisty and it, she she talks back a little bit and she never did that before, not at all. Uh, so I don't know what's going on, and I'm wondering if it was some kind of alien thing or what happened. You know, I just don't know. Did you I'm did see lightning? Yeah, no. Did you say yeah. you did see well, lightning? No, I don't. I didn't see lightning. What I saw was flashes. What I saw was a flash on my carport door right there, you know, this glass door. And then all the way in my living room door where I'm sitting on the couch, it was the same level of flash, right? So I don't know if it was lightning or not. I think it was something else. And I've heard some of my neighbors say some, some stuff that 
uh, is a little bit sounding weird. You know, my stuff is true. But so my neighbors tell me this. They're, we, we all come around and we talk every morning, usually on Thursday morning, right, at, at, uh, at uh, 1.30 p.m., every Thursday morning. We get around the wow. table and we come around and talk, right? And now it, it, we just get together. It, it, sometimes we cook stuff on the grill and do this, this or that or whatever. And uh, this just happened a few days ago. So we were talking about this, and they're saying some of the same stuff, man. So how did you find out about our show? Are you a regular listener for ET Radio, or you just happen to find it? Or how did you find me and Jen today? Blog talk, you know, just doing a little search, and I go, hey. They might have had an alien incident too, because we, I believe we can have that. <laughs> so, so then I yeah, go I've ahead and I say, Yeah, I will. Well, I tell you what, there's no, there's no more. You know, in Mississippi, I don't know if you've ever been down there, but the, the little lizards. Oh yeah. You know, they they run along your house and your windows and stuff. There's no, they're all gone. There's no spiders. There's no lizards. There's no bees. There's no ants. There's nothing. Yeah, I was it's born weird. in Monroe, right there. 30 miles west of Jackson, Monroe, Louisiana. You know where Monroe, West, Monroe, Washington Well, you're down here then. Then you understand everything. Yeah. Well, I'm in Gulf Breeze now. I'm down in Florida. But sure, I mean, that's I love that part of the country. And Vicksburg. Well, I was across from Vicksburg. But you Now, what was the name? Taylorsville? I couldn't catch the name of your town. but yeah. uh, Taylorsville, that's it. Right. Tiny Taylorsville. Tiny. T-A-Y-L-O-R-S. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, it would, uh, I, I don't know how much a, a vet visit costs. I, it might be uh, expensive. <laughs> expensive, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, maybe you should have him looked at, though. Yeah, I think maybe if you could have him looked at. I mean, you know, if it's. Who, my dog? Yeah. No, I'll just shoot him. If he's infected by aliens, I'm just going to shoot him. That's what we do around here, man. That's it. Uh, I don't know do No, I, I love my animals. I don't know if he's not hurting anything. They just let him <laughs> run up and down the road and stuff. They just let him out. Nobody has a fence. Nothing. They just That's what they do down here. Yeah. You know? No, I'm just going to shoot him. If he's been invested by aliens, he's just going to – I'll shoot him. I mean, what else could I do? He might content, He might bite me, and I might get uh, coos or something. I don't know what will happen. I might get aliens. <laughs> well, let, yeah, keep us updated on how he's doing because he, he could have had no telling. It, it, anything could have happened. He could have worn up on a wire or anything else. But he's a bit I'm glad you know he's funny today. You ever seen a chihuahua? Right, mixed with a Rottweiler, right? A Chihuahua mixed with a Rottweiler, and that's what he looks like. He's a mad dog. He's probably mad every day because he wakes up and he just goes, you know, son of a bitch. You know, I live, I'm a half a Chihuahua and I'm half a Rottweiler. He's mad. He don't know what way to go. And then he got blown up by aliens the other day, and I, that poor dog. <laughs> I, I believe I'm gonna have to just break out the twelve gauge, go ahead and shoot him and. And go down to the playground again. Get me a free dog. Uh-huh. 
I send well, you we appreciate you calling in, so thank you for that. And it gave us something to think about, too, and gave Jan a, a segue into talking about some of the things we wouldn't normally hear. But thank you for calling in. appreciate it. Hope you come I'll back. I, once he comes out from under the couch, I believe I'm going to have to go ahead and just do it. <laughs> well, let's hope not. All right. Well, Jan, back to you. So, you know, that was good because uh, she gave us, she or he, I can't even tell, he below voice like me. But you can't ever tell out there what's going on. And, we're, you know, I just want to be open-minded to understand reality the best we can. Do you have a time, Jan, to talk about 7.83, the earth and our brain at all, or how we're all affected by uh Vibrations or energy? Are you up on that? I don't even know if that's one of your topics. About uh, the not energy. really, but I uh, mean, you know, they obviously we're affected by the uh, Schumann frequency. Yeah, various things like uh, uh, <clears throat> fronts coming into the area, and people have. Uh, aches and pains that come up and uh, things like that. So, uh, yeah, and there's uh, um, and of course there's always lightning. Lightning is just weird as all get out. People are variously affected. Um, Well, we know that she said there was a flash, but she didn't necessarily say it was lightning. Yeah, yeah. She's just and they have a yeah, little thirsty I, I, we, weekly that, meeting. That, that, that's kind of why we need uh, an organization like NICAP, or, or we need MUFON to go down there and check that out more thoroughly. It sounds like it It might be interesting. Um, well, I could look up MUFON for her in uh, Hattiesburg and Jacksonville. Uh Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Right. I don't even know if they've got a uh, Mississippi move on. I think they do. I'm not sure. I, I, yeah. I, I deal with, I, I, I have dealt with uh, the fellow in Louisiana. Yeah, they have a move on Louisiana. Now, there was a UFO sighting in Hattiesburg January 4th, 1986. And, uh, Let's see, it's recorded. Let's see, here's another one. Uh, November 17th, 2017. Sighted. So, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So, that's close to Taylorsburg, Taylorsville. Right. So, there are some sightings there. So, interesting that she called in. He or she, I can't tell from the voice. It's hard to tell sometimes. That's why I was wondering about resonating. UFO sightings in Hattiesburg is common. Looks like here's another one, 2016. My goodness. They've got a whole bunch of them. Black Triangle, Hattiesburg, uh, so, June uh, 12th of 2011. So move on is active in Mississippi, it looks like. Well, uh, UFO sighting. I see a lot of sightings, MUFON, yeah. Paranormal UFO reports. In Hattiesburg, MUFON UFO Journal, let's see, uh, Hattiesburg, I, I don't know how they're getting so many in Hattiesburg, I was just looking at Google, 
I just Googled Hattiesburg, and it came up. So I was looking for MUFON Hattiesburg, but all these other sightings in Hattiesburg came up. Let me see. It says MUFON. Um, well, it doesn't. That's military. It's. I, let me try. So I put MUFON's Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I wonder if they're. But should I put Mississippi, you think? Because it's by state, isn't it? Yeah, it's by state. MUFON. Usually have a state yeah. director. Mississippi witness reports low falling cylinder for Nola County, Sphere over reported hovering over Mississippi town, Saltillo, find a chapter, Mississippi. Douglas Wilson, state director, Mississippi. But it looks like Missouri, Debbie Zeigelmeyer. Well, Folks, uh, Mutual UFO Network is who Jan and I are familiar with. Jan Harzan is the president. And UFO News MUFON, if you look at MUFON.com and find your state, MUFON Mississippi State Investigator, maybe uh, there for Taylorsville, you can get them to come by, take a report at least, or maybe just, maybe they'll take one over the name and everything. All right. Well, hold on and I'll get it. Okay. Do you want to leave your name and number by chance or no? Or would you like us? I can see it, but I mean, you want me to have somebody call you if we can get to MUFON for you just to make yeah. a report? Yeah, I'd like right. to know. <laughs> yeah, great, great. That's that's great. That's great. All right. And what's your first? Can, can we get a name for you? I can see your Go ahead. Scott I'll write Hayden. your numbers down. Scott Hayden is my name. So where do you, you, you spell it? S-C-O-T-T-I-N-A. I would Scott not Tina. like to get my last name if I, if I could avoid okay. that. Yeah, no. I just got a number, and what uh, do you, are you familiar with Mutual UFO Network? They no, actually are. No, this is the first time I've, I've told anybody about this. This just happened last week, and I'm worried about my okay. dog. And I talked to my neighbors, and there's something that happened here. We're not sure about. It. Right, right, yeah, yeah. If she's, if you're willing to talk about it, that would be. Uh, That'd be great with somebody that can come out and look at the area and things and look at your dog. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some physical stuff that's different. Um, I'd, I'd love to talk about it with somebody, but I don't want to get my last name again in trouble. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Either um, maybe she can call you back and uh, do that after okay. we're off the air. That's fine with me. That's Okay. Okay. Because I, yeah. I don't want to shoot my dog now. I don't want to do it. If he's, <laughs> no, I, if he's gonna hit better. Uh, you know. No, I don't. Uh, but if he bites you, you me, know, your 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 dead. animals are kind of special, and you don't you you don't want them hurt. That's a. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, I know I've had animals die on me, and it's not. Sometimes it's almost like losing a relative. Right. I mean, some of them you can't even eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got Scott Tina. So we'll call this three days ago. We're going to put 10 26 2019. 
in Taylorsville, Mississippi, and it was called in to the UFO Association show while Jen was talking and asked, my name's TJ, by the way, Teresa Jeanette in Monroe, but I go by TJ on the radio because it's shorter than Teresa Jeanette. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to send your phone number to Jen, and then uh, we can see if there's a Taylor's, if somebody near Hattiesburg and MUFON in Taylorsville, Mississippi, that can call you. But I'm a Jen, what I'm doing. It's just not me. You know, I'm probably the only one that called, but it's just most of the whole trailer park seen the same thing, like I told you. All right. Well, I'm sending the information. Scott, uh, we've got to get off the phone now uh, because the radio show's fixing the end, Scottina. But that's Jan Aldrich. She's a ufologist up in Connecticut. I'm down in Gulf Breeze, Florida. At the UFO Association, you called in to see the show. We appreciate you sharing, and I've got your information. And, Jan, I just sent it to you real quickly in an email, okay? So if you can call the Mississippi MUFON person, or I'll look it up, too, and we'll just tell them she was on the show if they want to listen to it. So, Scott, Tina, we really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Let all your friends know on your Thursday meeting, and I'll be here Thursday, too. I do Portal Stargate on Revolution Radio, same time, 4 to 6, so Thursday. But I'll be, instead of on TJ Marcy, T Radio on Blog Talk, uh, I'll be on Revolution Radio, which is revolution.radio. And you can get to the website, and you have to plug in there. I'll have to find out more how you listen, but I just know you can go to the site. Well, Jan, we really appreciate it. You went through two hours like it was nothing. I don't know if we could hear if you could hear me in the background or not, I hope. No, I couldn't hear you at all. That's why I just kept talking. I said, "Well, I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm on or not," but I said, "I uh, <clears throat> we don't want dead air. That's for sure." Yeah. Well, we appreciate. It. Thank you, Scott, Tina, and please uh, no blog talk. I'll be here, Jan, and I'll be here every Tuesday, and I'm trying to make more shows again and do different shows. So we appreciate you tuning in. Thank you, Jan. I guess I'll end the show, and we will be back sometime this week and Thursday on Revolution.Radio with Portal Stargate. Me and Janet Carroll. Thank you, Thank you, Jan, and I'll call you next week. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dina. All right. I say the bluegrass trains are coming From Beaverdale down to Alabama Bluegrass trains are coming Bluegrass trains are coming Long, long trains are running It's a song Flatten those rugs, rough sandals, giving hugs. The blue 